from Forward Direction LLC, it's the You Should Listen podcast, a show that intersects sports, business, fashion, and hip-hop culture. We draw on experiences from influential people who have carved out a name in their respective creative space. We hope you pick up a few gems along the way. Thanks for tuning in. In her bio, you get a small glimpse of just who today's guest is. It reads, wash your hands, please. Associate Director of NFL Brands for SB Nation. Hashtag, I don't care. Gianna Thomas-Kelly is the diehard Falcons enthusiast that you should follow on Twitter if you haven't already. In today's candid conversation, we discuss her journey to working in sports, how the Falcons blew the lead to the Patriots, and what it's like covering some of the biggest names in the NFL. Gianna doesn't hold back any punches. This conversation is one for the books. It should also be noted that our conversation was recorded prior to the untimely deaths of Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, and George Floyd. However, Gianna has taken an active stance on social media to use her platform to spotlight the social injustice against the black community and emphasize Black Lives Matter. So you are the biggest Patriots fan, right? <laughs> uh, no, you may have mixed me up with my fiance. <laughs> he, is, oh, okay, okay. he is a Patriots fan. I am a Falcons fan. He is also a Michigan fan. I am an Ohio State fan. So that is an adventure. Wow. Sounds like you guys have a house divided when it comes to sports. We do, but, you know, we make it work. <laughs> nice, nice. Ladies and gentlemen, I have Gina Thomas on the line. She is the director of SB Nation, is that correct? I don't want to. I am the associate director of SB associate. Nation's team okay. brands. Yeah, the NFL team brands. Okay, great. So today we're going to talk about your journey in sports and meet the lady behind the tweets. Great. All right. So first and foremost, just kind of want you to introduce yourself to our listeners out there. Who exactly is Gina? Um, well, I am originally from Ohio. I moved to the greater Atlanta metro area about 15 years ago. Um, I'm a huge Ohio State fan. My parents and my brother and his wife all still live in Ohio, so I like to get up to, there to visit as much as I can. Um, you know, growing up, my interests were sports. <laughs> my dad was a high school coach. He coached all three main sports, um, football, basketball, baseball, and uh, primarily football. And so I grew up on a football field from the time that I was a little kid, you know, I was going to two a days with my dad and that sort of thing. So that's kind of how I landed where I am today. Nice. Did you play any sports yourself uh, growing up? I did, but I was not very good at them. Um, I played basketball in middle school. I made literally one free throw my entire middle school career. <laughs> I, did, <laughs> I did run cross country. I won an award. Um, it was an award for the most creative excuse to get out of running in a meet. And um, I was a cheerleader and that I was actually good at. So, <laughs> that, nice. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It sounds like you have a little bit of an athletic background and all it takes is one free throw to hit that box score. So you do have that stat. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I wanted to ask, obviously, I know you see you're a big Ohio State fan. Did you go there for college or where did you go to school? I did not. I went to Wright State, which in Ohio we call Wright State wrong school because it's not <laughs> the Ohio State. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. Nice. What what did you uh, study at uh, Wright State? I studied communications with an emphasis in marketing. Um, I thought, you know, after after college, I would go into marketing, and I did. Uh, that's that's really where I started. 
Okay. Cool. Yeah, I was going to ask you to kind of talk about your your transition after college. Obviously, you said you studied marketing. What was the big picture or what was the thought process that you thought you were going to uh, start a career in after school? Yeah, I mean, I really just wanted to I my options were pretty wide open. Like I did uh, right after college, I went into um, higher education and I worked in alumni relations. I coordinated meetings and events and things like that. And so that was something that I really enjoyed. It was great experience. And then um, after that, when we moved to Georgia, I was the director of marketing at a wedding and special events venue. And so very, very different from what I'm doing now. And actually, (laughs) uh, that was pretty much what I did envision doing. I loved that work. Um, But I got laid off. And then that freed up a lot of time for me to spend at Falcons training camp. And I tweeted a lot about that. And then that led to essentially what I'm doing now. Nice. And how did you get uh, access, I guess, to the training camp? Were you just a fan? Did you have someone on the inside that was like, hey, come out and check out the team this year? Or kind of how does how did that work? Um, At first, you know, they just had open practices. So I would go over there for the open practices where all the fans were there. I really enjoyed it because it reminded me of going to those two a days with my dad. Um, And so then from that point, once I started writing about the team, the team became aware of my work. And then when we applied for credentials for like the fourth or fifth time, they finally agreed to let me come as a credential beat writer. Nice. Um, and, the, and can you explain at a high level, I guess, what a beat writer is? Yeah, a beat writer is a writer who just is on one beat. And in this case, my beat was the Falcons. Um, I was doing this on a freelance basis for the Falcoholic, which is part of SB Nation. And um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I just every single day I would go there. I wasn't doing anything else. You know, I was I was really just mm-hmm. freelancing, uh, piecing stuff together. And so, yeah, I, every single day I was there, every practice, um, every game I would go and I would, you know, be in the press box and all that kind of stuff. So that's that's what that looks like. But I was only writing about the Falcons at that time. Gotcha. Um, did you have any experience previous to writing about the Falcons? I know you said you had some experience in marketing. Just kind of curious what made you pick up a pen and say, hey, I'm going to follow the Falcons. Yeah, I've always loved to write and I just never knew what I wanted to write about. Um, and so when I started tweeting about the Falcons and you, you've seen my tweets, like I have a pretty Mm -hmm. distinctive (laughs) voice, I guess. And I, I I make a lot of jokes and that sort of thing. So I think that people enjoy it. And that transitioned into writing in that voice, you know, actually writing longer than at the time it was 140 characters. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I really didn't know that this was what I wanted to do, but once I started doing it and I was really good at it, um, I loved it. I can't imagine doing anything else. Nice. Yeah, I was going to ask, do you remember your first actual cover story or like your first uh, feature that you shared with everyone else that, that talked about the Falcons? Um, I do. So uh, Dave Choate, who is the editor at the Falcoholic, he reached out to me and asked me if I would, you know, write up um, just some thoughts on the training camp practice that I was at. And I think that I submitted like a 3000 word, like basically a play by play. Like <laughs> I, I look back at it now and I absolutely cringe because it was just, it was way too much. Like I had no idea about how to streamline it and make it readable, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So it's been, um, it's a thing that I would not ever go back and read that piece again because I would be mortified. <laughs> but I, I've really grown as a writer since then. So that's something that I'm proud of. <laughs> nice. And I know you produce a lot of content, obviously uh, tweet quite a bit, which is very hilarious. We'll get into that. 
Um, were, were you nervous about sharing your story or having someone say she's never wrote, she's never written about sports before. How is she going to cover this? Oh space? yeah, absolutely. Um, and I will say that's one of the nice things about SB nation's team brands is that it is a pretty safe space for people who don't have writing experience, but do have the passion and enthusiasm that they want to share with other fans. And so really that's, that was my focus early on. And then, um, you know, I continued to really work on, um, reading my own work and, and self-editing and I took a copy editing course and learned how to be a better copy and line editor and so all of that helped me grow as a writer too nice and it sounds like obviously you use the social media platform twitter to kind of get out your opinions on the falcons or whatever's going on in the sports world do you uh, have any other online channels that you kind of produce content? Um, I do have a YouTube channel that I've put some things up. Like I, you know, I've had my dog make some NFL picks, which is very funny. And nice. so I've got that <laughs> up there. Um, I did some videos around the Super Bowl uh, that was in Atlanta, not this past year, but the year before. Um, and so I've done, yeah, some video. I'm I'm getting better at editing videos in iMovie, and so that's something that I hope to continue to develop. Um, but other than that, like Facebook, I just use for my mom's friends to send me candy crush requests. And uh, Instagram <laughs> is, is mostly, you know, pictures of my dog. So I think Twitter, Twitter is gotcha. the main one that I use to share work related things. Gotcha. What do you like about Twitter? Because I understand there's obviously 140 characters. I think it's a bit it's more. 280. Now, what do yeah, you like 280 about? now. Yeah, oh, wow. they doubled it out of nowhere, but they still won't okay. give us an edit button. So um, oh, I man. think what I like most about Twitter is just the interactivity. Um, you know, I think about like I've developed friendships with people that I never would have met. Like, for example, um, Michael Kelly from House of Cards. He is a huge he is a huge oh, wow. Falcons fan. And now we are like actually friends. Randy Havens from Stranger Things. <laughs> was following me on Twitter because he's also a huge Falcons fan. And now he and I are friends. And then I've also made friends on Twitter who are my real life friends and have been my real life friends for almost a decade now. And so I just think that it's pretty amazing. There's a lot of bad that goes with that good, but I think that it just, the, the interactivity is really the main thing about it and the ability to connect with people that otherwise you would never be able to connect with. Yeah, I definitely agree. It allows you to kind of build those uh, relationships and network with those that are close to you and those that are could be as far away as on the other side yeah. of the country. Um, I, I was going to ask, what do you think makes a tweet stick or go viral? Because I noticed that you're literally always on my timeline, <laughs> whether it's other people that follow you or retweet you. I'm like, all right, everyone can't be following you. So how, how do you um, make that work? Well, I am... Um... A smart aleck, I think is how my mom would say it. And I think that, you know, I think that people like that. I have a pretty, I, I think that I have a pretty sharp sense of humor. Um, I'm also pretty, mm -hmm. I'm pretty genuine on Twitter. I'm, I am the exact same way on Twitter as I am in real life. And I think that that mm -hmm. in and of itself is something that you don't always see on the internet. And so I think that that resonates with people. Yeah, I definitely agree. I, I like the authentic authenticity behind your tweets and obviously the transparency, even if the Falcons are having the best <laughs> year or they're having the worst year, you're always going to let them have it. So keep those <laughs> I definitely will. <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask, what are some projects that you've worked on, whether with SB Nation or side projects, just kind of wanted to highlight. Yeah, um, I've done some really cool things at SB Nation. Um, back when I was on the NFL news desk, I wrote some things that I was really proud of. One of those 
uh, popped up again this week because uh, they replayed the 2006 Falcon Saints, the first game back in the Superdome after Katrina. And when I was writing about Mm -hmm. the NFL as a whole full-time for SB Nation, I did a story on that. It was a week when the Falcons were playing the Saints. And so I got to interview Drew Brees and Sean Payton for this via phone. And uh, it just turned out really, it turned out really, really good. For somebody who hates the Saints, like, obviously, I I understand the significance of that game, what it meant to the region, all those kinds of things. And so it was a story that I was really proud of. Um, uh, Let's see, some other things. Right now, actually, we're working on some fun projects. Um, We're working on some theme weeks for, uh, for all of our team sites across all leagues to participate in. With no sports, creating content has gotten to be a little bit more challenging, so we've got to be creative. And that's been really fun to collaborate with my colleagues on that and come up with come up with a plan to um, make sure that our people have something fun to write about and that our readers have something fun to distract them from everything else that's going on. Definitely. It sounds like you're obviously staying busy during this time out. And I was going to kind of transition into your actual mm-hmm. position. What is it really like to work in the sports entertainment industry? Are your hours just nine to five? Are you working on weekends? Are you traveling? It's really um, interesting. Um, it depends. You know, obviously, if it's in season, it's not nine to five. In season, it's basically like I'm on all the time. This time of year, when it's the off season, I'm able to stick pretty close to a normal nine to five schedule. But because I'm in charge of 32 sites and because my contractors who run these sites are often you know they're blogging in their spare time they're blogging in the evenings when their kids are in bed and so if they need help or if they need me to edit something for them I have to be available for that like I have to also work around their schedule so it's mostly a nine to five now but I'm still kind of on call if anybody needs me I'm going to respond Okay, that makes sense. And I know you just mentioned that you said you're over basically 32 teams or or ball clubs from a content perspective. Are you able to, well, obviously, you're a huge Falcons fan, so there's not any type of uh, stipulation with you cheering or championing one team over another? No, SB Nation's tagline is come fan with us. And I think that what sets us apart from other outlets is that we do let people lean into that coverage from a fan perspective. I think that we see it, we see the, the, the need for confirmation bias a lot with political news right now. But I think that that Mm -hmm. really exists in sports too. And I think it's a lot less harmful in sports. Uh, I think that people want to hear about their team from somebody who feels the same way about that team as they do. And so I think that that is something that really sets us apart. And um, yeah, yeah, we are not discouraged from being very open about our fandom. Well, that's, that's good that you can, quote, unquote, wear your jersey <laughs> to work and also champion the, the people that are on the team. Um, I was going to ask, what do you think it is about working in sports that attracts I, it's so It's so fun. I mean, when you think about it, sports are my favorite pastime. Uh, normally, this time of year, my fiance and I would have, you know, a baseball game on one TV and either an NBA game or an NHL game on the other. You know, sports are fun. And so to be able to immerse yourself in that, pretty much 24 seven. If you love sports, I really cannot imagine a a better scenario. Gotcha. What are some things that you would uh, tell someone that wants to work in sports, but they might not be aware? Um, Gosh, I'm trying to think of the questions that I get the most. Like one thing is um, people ask what it's like to go into a locker room and is it awkward? And I think that that's, that's probably the question that I get the most, especially from women. Cause 
you know, yeah. they're, I, I, they're curious. And so um, it's really yeah. not awkward. You know, I'm in there to do a job. The players are in there to do a job. It's their space. I'm very respectful of it. Um, and so, you know, as long as you conduct yourself like a professional, they'll treat you in kind. And it's actually not that big of a deal. But yeah, that's, that's probably the question I get the most. Were you intimidated or was it uncomfortable going into the locker room? And the first time it was uncomfortable, but only because I was wearing sandals and they just take off their athletic tape and throw it on the ground. So I'm like trying to avoid touching any of that tape with my bare feet. I wear closed toe shoes all the time now, but (laughs) that's another thing that people don't know. Don't wear sandals into the locker room. (laughs) Gotcha. I was going to ask, obviously being a huge fan of the Falcons, did you ever have a moment where you were going to interview a player that you've always not idled, but you've always been like, oh, I can't wait to actually meet them. But you had to kind of keep that business hat on. Yeah, you you know, I will say, I don't think that I ever seemed starstruck, but um, I used to be nervous just speaking up at press conferences or speaking up in scrums. Um, And so now I'm now I'm really not. Uh, The only time that that I ever really had, you know, like an awkward or embarrassing moment was interviewing the Falcons former fullback Patrick DeMarco, who had scored two touchdowns in a previous game and in front of everybody else in the locker room, um, the the equipment manager came over and handed them both of the touchdown balls. And I was thinking I should get a picture of him. But remember to say, can I get a picture of you with your touchdown balls? And instead I said, can I get a picture of you with your balls? Even though I thought it through ahead of time. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so oh, I've never wow. had a situation where I was starstruck, but I did have that. And my mother, who is 70, 72 years old now, uh, reminds me of this on a constant basis. Like she still thinks that it's the funniest thing ever. Every time, like when I was going to cover the Super Bowl in Atlanta, she's like, don't ask anybody to take a picture with their balls. I'm like, let it, it's been years, mom, let it go. <laughs> yeah. Gianna doesn't hold back when it comes to writing about the Atlanta Falcons. Her ability to captivate audiences with articles that spark interest and often critique her favorite team didn't happen overnight. It took years of writing to get to where she is today, but she put in the work to build her platform. Have you thought about building a platform to tell your story? Well, Forward Direction LLC is a full house book publishing agency that can help you do just that. Check out the website LaydenWilliams.com for more information. Now back to our conversation. Yeah, that, that is funny. Um, just curious, have you, did you ever get a chance to interview TJ Duckett? That's no, actually my I did not. Uh, second cousin. Nope i was I was not okay. um, I was not covering the Falcons when he was still there. Okay, cool. I think that's that's cool. How you can, uh, like you said, you walk into the the locker room and you're interviewing all these athletes. It kind of reminds me of the scene from Any Given Sunday. Yes, I, I have. Know. Have you ever seen that movie? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, what are some things, I guess, outside of covering the, the Falcons and obviously being over um, content at SB Nation? Um, that you're well, another in? thing that I do on the side is I do a weekly segment on our local Fox affiliate about the Falcons. It's just a fun little oh, Twitter nice. mailbag. Um, I ask, you know, a, a fun, I try to come up with something funny that we're going to get clever answers to. And we just, it's just like a little one minute segment. Mm-hmm. I really, really enjoy that. Um, Outside of that, you know, I like spending time with my fiance and my dog. I love to cook. I love to read all those kinds of things. 
Uh, who are some influential people or funny people that you Oh my gosh, this list Twitter? is going to be so long. Um, well, first of all, I would recommend <laughs> following SB Nation and, of course, the Falcoholic or okay. any of our team sites for the team that you like. Um, the Falcoholic in particular is very, very funny. Um, as far as influential, uh, there's a historian I follow, and he's very interesting. His name's Kevin Cruz. K-R-U-S-E, and he's also very funny, and so that's a nice combo. Um, and then, oh my gosh, this is, I, like, I can't even come up with, <laughs> I can't even come up with a list. I will <laughs> say this, uh, brand new Falcon, Todd Gurley, is kind of hilarious, and so follow Todd Gurley. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I've been, I've been following him uh, yes. since his college days. He is pretty funny. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask, also, obviously, you're you're pretty busy. How do you unwind when you're not watching sports? Like, is there anything besides reality TV or you like to travel, try to restaurants? All, like all of the job? above. Um, obviously, all of those things are not particularly possible right now. But, um, yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. We do love to travel. We I, I like to cook and try new recipes and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I do love, like, I love fine dining. My fiance has the palate of a toddler, mm-hmm. so it's not his favorite. <laughs> but, <laughs> but he does humor me and, and, you know, does take me out for nice dinners um, occasionally. And so that's, that's very nice. I also like to spend time outside. We've got a really nice backyard. And so we'll sit outside on our patio and watch TV and stuff when the weather is nice. And, um, you know, playing with my dog. My dog is adorable and he's really funny so that's something i enjoy he is a chihuahua jack russell mix named baxter after the dog and anchorman and um yeah he's just he's so goofy and so hilarious (laughs) that is cool i like that name that's original (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah i'm gonna backtrack a little bit and talk about your days and and freelancing if, if you have some time yeah um when you were freelancing, did you ever run into like any writer's blocks or, or kind of getting stuck where your pen's like, all right, I know what I want to write about, but I don't know how. Yes. I when I first started writing about the Falcons, um, you know, I would really struggle to meet deadlines because of that. And I think some of it was kind of, it was a little bit of imposter syndrome. Like I didn't go to journalism school. You know, I did, I never expected to find myself covering an NFL team. Um, and so it, it was like, it, it was a real challenge at first. As I've, I mean, at this point, I've been doing this for about a decade. And so um, it's, you know, I, it comes more naturally to me now. And I'm, I've learned how to kind of break through the writer's block. It doesn't have to be perfect. You just have to get something on paper and then you can go back and you can reshape it. But I also learned that it helps me a lot sometimes if I'm really having trouble to outline it. And if I just outline it with, you know, short sentences about kind of what I, how I want to get to my conclusion that has has helped me a ton with writer's blog. Nice. Do you uh, ever bounce ideas off of your your fiance or find uh, creativity oh, yes, just absolutely. kind of toying around with your um, dog? I mean, you know, the dog playing with uh, toys, it, watching him play with toys was what inspired. I was like, this would be hilarious if we set out two toys and we let him, you know, we put a treat by each one and we let him pick you know, and that will assign a toy to each team. That's how we did his NFL picks. And so that was just because I thought that it would be fun for people to watch. And yeah, Chris and I talk about sports all the time. And so I have come up with a lot of good ideas just from bouncing ideas off of him. Okay. 
Cool. Um, yeah, and obviously you mentioned Todd Gurley. I wanted to get your thought on the recent acquisition of um, Andrew and the Falcons. What do you think about theory. that? I don't know how healthy he's going to be, and so I am concerned. Obviously, because of coronavirus, he hasn't been able to undergo a physical. So I'm eager to see what the results of that are once it's safe for him to actually go and get one done. Um, so I'm concerned about the knee, but I love Todd Gurley. I mean, if he is healthy enough to be a factor, he could be a game changer for this offense. Yeah, I agree. Speaking of offense, I wanted to get your thought on the possible acquisition of, I know it's kind of far-fetched, but um, didn't he? Oh, no. I, that was fake. I almost got, uh, I almost, <laughs> I almost got fooled by a fake sports center tweet yesterday. <laughs> I was like, Oh my gosh, Cam Newton's going the Patriots. And then I was like, no, he's not. Um, yeah, I don't think the Falcons are kind of broke. I mean, really, I just don't think they can afford him. And I don't think that Cam wants to be a backup. Um, and I don't think that Cam should be a backup. Frankly, I think that he should be signed by a team that needs a quarterback and who won't run him to death. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, in this market, it's going to be kind of hard to place him. So I feel like the not this upcoming season, but the season after Absolutely. will be a kind of chance for him to redeem himself. So, yeah, yeah. And I know you're going to hate this question, but how did you all blow that lead? I have to ask. Uh, this is another story that I was really proud of. I, I wrote this right after the Super Bowl, um, the, the loss. Um, it was a combination of things. It was basically a perfect storm of the Patriots just being the Patriots. And I think that really at, at its core, that was the key factor. But there was this one series that was just a disaster. They were in field goal range and they passed on first down. Um, or no, they ran it on first down. I think Devontae Freeman gained one yard. And then the second down call was a passing play, which was really aggressive in that situation and not consistent with situational football wisdom. And um, so then instead of just running the ball on all four plays, you know, Devontae Freeman misses a block. Matt Ryan gets sacked for a huge loss. Jake Matthews gets called for holding. And then that moves him back so that they're out of field goal range. And then, that was pretty much when I knew that it was, it was done. Yeah. Yeah. How long did your fiance let you, <laughs> you have after that? Super Bowl? You know what? He's been, he's still letting you have it. It. <laughs> and actually Patriots fans in general, like they might make a 28 to three joke here and there. And I don't mind it coming from them because first of all, their jokes have generally been funny. And also it was actually their team that did it, mm -hmm. but it's the Saints fans. It's the Saints fans make me crazy. They don't have, Funny, their jokes, my jokes about 28-3 are much funnier than theirs. So if they want if they want to get under my skin, they're going to have to step their game up. And also, their team didn't have anything to do with it. So I don't even know what they're talking about. <laughs> I, I agree. Um, I was going to ask, obviously, you mentioned kind of a little bit Ty Gurley being um, active on social media and Twitter. What is it about, or, or what do you see, I guess, going forward as a way for people to produce more content? Um, you know, I think that there are a lot of uh, kind of emerging platforms that people can use. Like I, during this time with no sports, a lot of our sites are turning to Twitch and they're live streaming themselves, playing video games, you know, recreating classic matchups. Um, I personally would like somebody to sim Super Bowl 51 and see if the Falcons can actually hold on to that 25 point lead. Um, so yeah, I think that there are lots of different ways that people can, lots of different things people can use to connect with, with readers. Um, a lot of our sites are expanding into using Instagram more and Instagram stories, especially, which I think there's a lot of opportunity there. So yeah, I think that there are a lot of options.
Yeah, and I, mean, I know you mentioned connecting with fans. What would you say makes a good article or a good tweet from SB Nation or something that will captivate and say, hey, I need that to is stop a great question. Right um, again, you know, I think that it's I think that SB Nation has created a voice where it feels like and maybe this is because the person running this account is always somebody that I actually am friends with. <laughs> but it, it feels like talking to a friend <laughs> of sports. And I think that that's kind of the I think that's kind of the tone of our of most of our team brands if not all I know that it's it's kind of the tone at the Falcoholic you know it's been funny to me the guys at the Falcoholic call me Joom it's a joke about how nobody knows how to pronounce my name correctly because I'm spelled so oddly so they call me they were calling me Joomla they've shortened it to Joom and now readers call me Joom you know everybody wants to be in on the inside joke and I think that that's the that's the voice that SB Nation and its team brands have kind of perfected. I think that they make you feel like you're part of a group of friends talking about sports. I think that it's that kind of casual and formal and fun voice that, that brings people in. Nice. Um, obviously, you're very enthusiastic about sports and passionate about the, the Falcons, amongst other things. Is there anything else specifically that, that inspires um, or drives yeah, I'm, you? Yeah, I'm actually career? very interested in politics. I'm not going to get into politics right now, but um, I, it's something like I'm looking at running for local <laughs> office in 2021. Um, I, I see the state of things oh, today, and I feel nice. like I feel like we need better leadership at every level of government, and I feel like I I have people's best interest in at heart and I think that I could really make a difference so that's something that does inspire and drive me and the the other thing is you know being a woman in sports media it's not easy to do what I've done and I'm very proud of what I've what I've accomplished but um it one of one thing that drives me is setting that example for other women who want to break into this field and that sort of thing I also get I get contacted by a lot of young writers asking for advice and that also drives me because I'm like I'm happy to be able to give back and help people kind of find the right footing to start pursuing a career in this field yeah I was also going to transition into that being a a woman in sports just to be frank you definitely probably know (laughs) more than half the people I know just about football and schemes and defensive uh, themes and, and all that good stuff. How do you go about gaining respect? You know, I think that, um, I think that the one thing that I really and sincerely try to do, and sometimes I fail is to, if somebody tells me to get back in the kitchen or whatever, like I might, I might clap back with, you know, a quick joke, like what well, I'm, I'm busy tweeting about sports. Why don't you go make me a sandwich? That sort of thing. But but, but I don't take it personally. Okay. Like, I understand that I don't know this person and they don't know me. And they're like, who, what kind of a sad person spends their time this way on the internet? So I think that that's one thing that I've really tried to do is not take it personally. Um, it gets hard because sometimes people do get like, they, they make personal attacks and things like that. Um, a lot of men are for some reason threatened by women who know a lot about sports. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, for the most part, I just try to let it roll right off my back. Um, but it, there are a lot of challenges. We do face a lot of, you know, a lot of pushback and a lot of um, hate online that men do not have to deal with. Yeah, uh, I guess one interview that comes to mind, just curious to have your take on it was, I think it was last year, maybe the year before, yes. when Cam had the bad game with the Panthers and he threw up the interceptions. And the, the reporter, she asked him about if he was able to, 
talk about that, that series of events. And I think he just fired back. Like, he, how do you know? So, about yeah, that was uh, Jordan Rodriguez. She is a great writer in the Charlotte area. She used to be with the Charlotte Observer, and now she is with The Athletic. And she asked him specifically about the routes. You know, was there something off with, with the routes that his receivers mm-hmm. were running? And he laughed at her, and he said, it's funny to hear a woman talk about routes. And, um, yeah, it was very yeah. – it was – I think just a reminder that even though it is 2020 and there are a lot of women in sports media and sports media is getting more diverse, which is really, really important and necessary, um, you still are going to come across those people. It's, it's just it's an it's inherent bias. It's inherent bias and people it's, it's unconscious too. people aren't even aware that they that they think in these terms. It's just, you know, we've all grown up in a situation where we, you know, men play sports and men are involved in sports and men like sports and women like, you know, other stuff. And um, yeah, so I think that 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 whole Mm -hmm. cultural situation and the um, implicit biases that people have about it, that's going to be a challenge for us for a long time. But I will say this. Now there are more and more young women growing up playing sports and they're not just playing women's sports. You know, we've got, Definitely. we've got girls playing football. Um, and so when people are now seeing that as a norm, I think that we will start to see with, you know, future generations. I think that we will start to see those biases erode. Are you a part of any um, focus or support groups that kind of I champion am a women member in the sports of the Association space? of Women in Sports Media, which is a wonderful group. Um, they do a wonderful job. And so that's the primary okay. one. Nice. nice. I was going to actually ask, I think you kind of hinted on it earlier. What is your advice for someone that wants to work in yeah, a creative so, space? Um, specifically really, anybody who wants to get into writing, um, my recommendation is to read as much as you can about the subject that you want to write about. Make sure that you are reading every day. Reading makes you a better writer. It helps you understand how to put together a compelling story and write something every day. It doesn't matter if it's an email. It doesn't matter if it's a short like journal entry about, you know, what you're doing that day. It doesn't matter what it is. Write something every day. It is like playing the piano. You are better at writing if you practice writing. And so those are the two primary things. Um, and the other one, and I, this is one that I tell everybody, and I, I think that it should go without saying, but you would be surprised. Um, be polite to the other people who are covering that team in your market. Uh, be polite to the other media members. If you are lucky enough to get credentialed, those people can help further your career. And if you, like, for example, if I can't be at the Falcons facility, but I need audio, I have 10 different people that I can call and they'll ask my question for me and get that for me. And so it's just nice to build that kind of collegial relationship with those people. And like I said, that should go without saying, but you would be surprised. (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's definitely very good advice. Uh, I can definitely attest to the writing every day definitely improves. Uh, Appreciate you sharing that, that wisdom. Um, I was going to ask if you still had time. I kind of wanted to put you in the hot seat and just ask Let's go for uh, five random questions to kind of get your take. All right. Oh, gosh, so first really question, happy hour or brunch? Um, I'm going to say happy hour just because I don't like to get up early enough to go to brunch necessarily. <laughs> okay. Nothing wrong with that. I like the honesty here. Tiger um, King. No hesitation. Next. Tiger here. King or that Lion King? series is bonkers. They're supposed to be releasing a new episode this <laughs> week, and my fiance and I are both like, where is it? Where is it? <laughs> so, 
Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You exactly. know, I've got um, to say NFL. NFL. Um, the NFL has become my first love. And it's kind of funny because I wasn't an NFL fan when I moved down here. Coming from Ohio, it was all Ohio State all the time. I had the Browns and Bengals to choose from. So I said, no, thank you to both. Um, but once we moved down here and I missed Ohio State football, I really did fall in love with the Falcons. And this was 2005. Michael Vick was under center. And so it was a very exciting time. And, you know, that became my first love. So got to say NFL. Gotcha. And since we're not allowed to, kind of I am like, never going on a cruise or all inclusive resort. <laughs> so definitely an all inclusive resort. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. And, so, and since can I'm hungry, I, your I last question: Walker I mean, Queso. It's too hard. To, it's too hard to choose between those two things. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I definitely understand. Um, and what's the first thing you and your fiance or you and the I dog? I think that we're going to take a little do, trip. Kind of um, I, you know, we, like I said, we love to travel. We were looking at a little getaway and that got canceled. Um, it was actually supposed to be this upcoming weekend. Um, but we plan to get married. Um, it doesn't look like we're going to be able to have our wedding on June 20th in Boston. And so it looks like we're going to have a quarantine wedding um, here at our house. And so we'll take probably just a little weekend trip as soon as we're able to, to go and, um, you know, have a short little honeymoon. Nice. Cool. And uh, last, how can people get connected with you to see what's going on? You can follow me on Twitter at Gina Thomas and it's J-E-A-N-N-A Thomas. Okay. Great. And thanks again for joining the You Should Listen podcast. Can I live, leave the last few seconds or so to kind of any words or Oh, thoughts? I'm sorry. You Can cut you? out for a second. Oh, yeah. I was saying, sorry. Um, the last few uh, seconds, they're totally yours. You can kind of give a oh, shout um, out. Or well, yeah, thank you for listening. And um, if, <laughs> if you do like pictures of cute dogs and jokes, uh, then yeah, definitely follow me on Twitter. Um, if you are a Saints fan, you might not enjoy it that much. I do feel like that's an, that's an important thing to, dis- to disclose. <laughs> <laughs> Thank gotcha. you, Layton. Uh, and thanks again. I really appreciate this. All right. No problem. We're out, Layton.